Isn't this a wonderful service? Thank you so much, uh, Melanie and Stephanie and all of the parents who uh, put all this together. This has been a blessing this morning to be together and, and see the blessings of the youth. They have so much potential and should be so encouraging to us all. Uh, may the Lord bless and keep them so close to him. And, you know, they're a reflection of their parents, too. We just thank the Lord for the godly parents in this church and community, and that's a great, great blessing as well. Uh, also remind you of the uh, uh, cantata tonight at 6, uh, just when we needed a king. Uh, be, be here if you can, 6 o'clock at the church. You'll be blessed once again. May the Lord bless you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and I'm going to read three or four verses of our text this morning as a part of the Christmas story found in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. Would you please stand there with me? Let's stand for just a moment, and we'll read God's Word together. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God. Please be seated. Thank you for standing with me. You know, I didn't plan the, uh, the message sequence in this series. I've been trying to endeavor to, to say regarding Christmas time. But this Sunday fell a troublesome time. And when I think about the children of this world today, and the fact that they were leading uh, this service today, uh, I think it coincides very well with the world we're living in. We're living in a troubled world. And there's no greater trouble than our world has to deal with than our children. Our children are so precious. But the devil has always been trying to destroy children. You know that, don't you? From Moses to the Messiah. And he's still doing it. And I pray the Lord will give us a greater inspiration as we see the Christmas season centered around the child Jesus, both God and man. His very humble uh, menial birth in the Bethlehem's manger. That he would remind us that when God knows we need saving, he need, we have a, the greatest need, he sends us a baby. He sent Jesus because he knew we needed a Savior. I pray the Lord will bless us today. I want to talk to you this morning about a troublesome time. We shouldn't be afraid of trouble. We need to embrace it and we need to thank God for it. And we don't need to be so concerned about how to get out of trouble as how to behave in trouble. Okay? We're living in troublesome times. That's because we're living in a sinful world. And the biggest trouble we have is just we've gotten so far away from God. You see, that's the trouble. 
And we've tried all kinds of solutions to deal with it, and we see the results of that. God says that he's a present help in trouble. May we embrace that today and rejoice even at the trouble God sends us. Right here we find that in Scripture it's a troublesome time. Christmas is a troublesome time in a lot of people's lives. The the very sound of children's laughter around Christmas reminds us there's also an empty crib. Everybody's so busy around Christmas, there's so much to do, but there are people who have nothing to do. Christmas reminds us of our loved ones It ought to, because we spent some precious time with them. But but Christmas, when you think about Mary and Joseph and what they were called to do, and yet it come in the most inopportune time. I mean, here this, this virgin girl, this young girl, this teenage girl, was told she's gonna have to bear something that she did not understand that was going to bring her much ridicule, could even result in her death, let alone what Joseph was going to think, but she was to press on in the midst of trouble, and so are we. I want to say three things, if God would help me, about a troublesome time, Christmas time. Number one is that God sends a message through trouble. Number two is trouble has a meaning in your life. And number three, God gives us the solution of how to manage our trouble. Because if you don't manage your trouble, your trouble will manage you. Okay? So first of all, we want to see the message of trouble. Now God does his most precious, beautiful work in trouble. You watch it. Brother Scott Waters brought a wonderful message last Sunday evening about the king of grace, and he used the genealogy from Matthew 1 of of teaching us and reminding us of how God uses broken people to do some miraculous things. For we see in the genealogy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the king of grace, a liar, an idolater, an adulterer, a murderer, a prostitute. And God named them there, but God used them to bring about a great and wonderful thing. The greatest of all, even, Jesus, our Lord. So the message. What is the message? Notice in the angel, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. See, this message is from God. 
COVID is a message from God. Are we listening? Wokeism is a message from God. Are we listening? Every trouble we have comes from God. It is not just something that stumbles in our lives. See, the message comes from God to Mary. And the message from God involving our trouble always is connected to the Word of God. See, this is the same message that was given to Daniel. The same message that was given to Joseph. It is about a prophecy that God is sending his son to earth. And he's sending him to earth in the midst of trouble. He's not waiting for trouble to end. He's not waiting for things to get better. And what God is saying and the message is that the virginity of Mary is this is impossible, God. Life can't come from this. And God says, yes, it can. Nothing is too hard for God. See, trouble. Trouble is where God really, really shines. Penny put some Christmas lights, white Christmas lights, on the cross in our front yard a couple of days ago. And it burns during the day and night. She said, should I turn it off in the day? I said, no. The deal is, though, and I wanted to say this so I could see it, is you can't see it in the daytime very well. But when it gets dark, you can't. See, the message is from God. Sometimes scripture is written with indelible ink. We can't see it. But when the fires of trials and troubles are held up to it, we can see it. It's pretty doggone clear. So the message is clear that God sends through trouble Clear directions for you and me, and it's no time to quit. It's no time to be discouraged. Rather, it's a time to be like Mary. <laughs> Fear not. And say, be it according to thy word, O Lord. Because that's what it's connected to. That's the message of God. God speaks through trouble. And we need to thank him for it. And Jesus is coming back in trouble. So, so here, here's, here's the scripture text. Here's the context of it. The angel Gabriel sent from God to Nazareth. Now Nazareth was a city again. Here's a place that the disciples said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Hey, Christmas is the message certainly that's given in trouble, but it should give us hope that no matter where you are in your life or where you've been, that God can bring good out of it. 
That's what makes him God. Okay? And so, so to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, that means in the Jewish tradition of this time that they were married. They did not live together. They had no sexual contact. But they were good as married. The dowry had been paid. Okay? And this message in trouble, you know, Mary being a virgin, magnifies her purity. I think so many times we can't see or hear what God's giving us the message of life is because we're so impure. I mean, you know, your minds are already probably wondering in this worship service. Isn't that right? Mine would be, I'm sure. Most of the times we can't hardly even pray without, without some frivolous motion or thought in our minds. We read God's word just to say, well, you know, I'm going to do my devotional today. I've done my deal. But if you're going to see Jesus, you're going to have to get on your knees. When you start looking for God in your trouble, things are going to change. What you're going to see is your thorns, your trouble in life are very, very small compared to the nails in Jesus' hand. But here's the deal. We are not going to be able to follow Jesus tiptoeing through the tulips. We are not going to be able to follow him lingering behind, wondering what people are going to think. We're going to have to get up and go with God. And we have to go submissively, and we're going to have to go courageously, and we're going to have to go boldly right in trouble. Because it's a message from God. Now God always mixes mercy with his wrath. He sent a message to this earth hundreds of years ago. He said, Noah, build an ark. It's never rained. But God waited until Noah... And his wife, their three wives and their sons and all the animals got in the ark and then God destroyed the world. God destroyed Sodom but he waited until Lot had been rescued. And here's the message. God destroyed Assyria and Babylon and the United States of America is next. If you don't think God will not judge America because of what this country is living for and the trouble we promote and the respect we try to have for an abomination to God, there's not a God in heaven. In fact, we run the judgment of God right now, according to Romans 1. We have been given over as a nation to a reprobate mind. And there's no use for us to get picky about it and pout about it because God's going to have to do that with his spirit. 
We have men and women running this country and running this place, uh, schools and everything else, and a lot of places that don't even know God. But God's message is clear. God will destroy any people, any nation or anything that prevents his people from worshiping him. God, Jesus himself said it would be better for, a, for a, a, a weight to be tied around your neck and you threw in the river than you deceive one of these little ones. Talking about the children. That's the message. What is the meaning? Mary struggled with that and so do we. For when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Keep in mind this message come from another world. Come from God. The meaning of trouble in our life we're not going to find from Fox News or CNN. We got to look in our own hearts to find what the meaning of trouble is to us. What God is doing through trouble in your life and mine. Now thankfully, a lot of you never had to deal with a lot of trouble yet. Thank God. But most of the time, God's children have to deal with a lot of trouble. Because God uses trouble to chasten us and draw us closer to him. Now see, you already know that Mary's a virgin. Mary's not living in sin. Joseph's the same way. They go through some trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers on them all. We enter into the kingdom through much tribulation, the scripture says. And sometimes when we think about trouble, you know the meaning of trouble? And I think we see this in Mary and Joey. Joseph, first of all, we see that, that, that it magnifies the word of God. Again, it illuminates the word of God. Trouble does like nothing else. It opens our heart to the word of God and opens the word of God to our heart. I mean, it really boils down to Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem is, is that's what God said do. I'm going to tell you, whether you're going through trouble or not, God loves you. God loves you whether you're having to deal with trouble or not. Do not ever think that because you have trouble, God doesn't love you. His love is unconditional. But always be reminded that God is wiser than we, and, and most of the time our trouble is only to bring us the greatest good. And then what happened to Mary and Joseph? Yes. I mean, you wouldn't think a, a young girl that's going to have a baby soon would get on a donkey and have to ride. I don't know how many miles to Bethlehem, would you? How would you ladies like to have done that in your pregnancy? Probably not. God's ways and ours don't have to jive because his ways are not ours. 
If you do what God says do, you always do the right thing. And that means in trouble too. You know, sometimes we think about trouble and how it really shapes our priorities. You, you got some trouble in your life, then God's going to mean a little different to you. You know, I, I try to preach, but I'm going to tell you, if I ever say anything that God's honored by or that you're encouraged by, both of which I want to do, I did not learn that in the seminary. I learned that in a cemetery. I learned that standing beside the grave of one of my sons or my son. I, I stood there and, and, and you were there and I stood by you and some of yours. See, the experiences of our life is where we understand God in the meaning of trouble. I mean, you know, there's no greater trouble than family trouble. But our country today has a lot of family trouble. And the family trouble is not because of the wokeism or the liberals or the Democrats or the Republicans. The problem is you and me. <laughs> That's the trouble. The trouble you and I are going through, if you really look at it, and don't try to ignore it, you can't take a pill to get out of this. The trouble we're dealing with has its roots right at our front doorstep. If you don't think there's a consequence to sin, you think again. Now look, I can't save my children, but I can keep them from going to hell. You hear me good? We have, we have people in this world today that are promoting abominable things to God on media and Facebook as parents. Now there's always been sin in this world. But it's never been promoted and condoned like it is in the world today. Never. See, I know this up close. See, I have a daughter, one of my daughters, struggling with addictions. You know what caused that? This guy. Now, I've been forgiven of it. That's why Jesus is such a treasure to me. And she's responsible too. But I'm not going to let her just live in a way that, that is going to condone and eventually end up in an eternal wrath of God if I can do anything about it. And another reason I have heart in it is because God has blessed me through the trouble that she has been and called to have three of the most beautiful granddaughters to raise his daughters that any man could ask for. Trouble brings a lot of blessings. But you need to understand that trouble is true. Don't try to be a victim, be a servant. You hear me? That's what Mary and Joseph were. Have you told your children about Jesus? Have you told them what Christmas is about, that it's Jesus' birthday? 
So we see, we see the meaning of trouble is to draw us closer to God. See the need of Him. Thirdly, I want us to how, to, how are we going to manage this trouble? Turn over to Acts with me, chapter 27. Or just listen to him. I'll just read one verse. Apostle Paul was on a boat and had some trouble. It's a storm. Everybody says the thing's going to break up. Nobody's going to make it. That's what all the people said that were on it. But God sent Paul a message. <laughs> and he said, you know, we're going to make it. Everybody's going to make it. He's not talking about universal salvation. He's talking about those on that boat. Jesus was on a boat in a storm, and instead of looking around and seeing that many problems, he found a pillar and went to sleep. Because he knew Jesus was there. I mean, his father was caring for him. Here the Apostle Paul, this is what he said in verse 25, Acts 27, Wherefore, sirs, he's talking to the people on the boat that desperate, so much trouble, be of good cheer. That's what Christmas is about. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Be of good cheer, for I believe God. He didn't say, I believe in God. He didn't say, I know about God. He said, I believe God. Yet we have churches that have to wait till they have a meeting to vote on whether God is true or not. Can you believe that? You got to vote on it first. Now either we believe God or we don't. The Apostle Paul stands up in the midst of this troublesome time. He said, wait a minute. I believe God. Are you ashamed to stand up for Jesus because you're in trouble? I'll tell you. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Now what has God told you about trouble? He said nothing will separate me from or us from his love. Now, didn't he say that? Nothing, not any kind of trouble. He's already said you cannot lose your salvation. You have the most important thing that you can ever have, eternal life. Jesus gives us that at Christmas. So what this trouble does, we loosen our hold on earthly things, don't we? And we grab hold to the eternity of God and we say, God, you are my hope. So, what are you going to give Jesus for Christmas? Give him your troubles. That's what he came to die for. Believe that you're forgiven. Believe that your righteousness is his and, and his is yours and, and that you have given, been highly favored. That's what Mary was. Not because she had trouble. She said, you've been highly favored. 
That's the same meaning as Ephesians 1.6. You have been made accepted in the beloved. You give Jesus your life. Because he gave you his. You want to do something that Jesus likes? You be baptized. Well, you got to think about it a little bit. That eunuch didn't. He said, Philip, who did this? Who is the one that his stripes is how I'm healed? And Philip said, Jesus is the one. His stripes is how we're healed. His death paid our sins. His resurrection gives us the power to live for God and to stand up in the time of trouble and say, I believe God. Now you're even you're saying that or you're not. May the Lord bless us. You know what, he's, what Jesus said, fear not, Mary. We're living in a world of scaredy cats. People are afraid of everything. We're afraid we're going to say something to offend somebody. We have parents whose children are living in sinful lifestyles that won't say a word to, to condemn it because they love their children more than they love God. Now it's so. You be careful because anything you love that, that is more than God, that means God more than God to you, watch it. He may take it away from you. God is not going to share his glory with another. Jesus says if a man loves his mama, his daddy, his brother, and his sister, and you can go on and name things, more than me, he's not worthy of me. And we're not. Jesus says too, if you believe or if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what Mary and Joseph did. Right in the middle of trouble. They didn't know how it was going to work out. I mean, if God says sit, we need to be looking for a chair. If God says jump, we need to say how high. God is so merciful. He has a storehouse of love, of wisdom. He has a chamber of grace and we go in and we shut the door and shut our doubts out and, and our fears and, and we know that we have a God. Our Emmanuel, God, is with us. He's also for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Now all I'm trying to say is that trouble is real. Use your trouble to remind you of the message from God. He talks in trouble. 
Sometimes he whispers. But every now and then, God will shout. He does that to get our attention. I think now is the time. I think the Christian church has more of an opportunity now to stand like the Apostle Paul and say, I believe God. And by the way, we're all in this together. My troubles and yours might not be the same, but we all got them. Don't you know? We do. And who knows that God has not brought you some trouble through some trouble so you can help somebody else that goes through a trouble that's similar. That's what the church is for. We're broken people that God has mended and is mending and bringing us to the reality of being vessels of mercy fitted for his service. Though some of us are marred and cracked, God uses us to get the message out. And by the way, I know it's time before I get in trouble, but the trouble you and I face, that is what solidifies our purpose on life, in life. You want to know your life's purpose? That is dealing with the trouble that God sends your way. That's where influence is. That's where the influence comes. You think about your life, the trouble you have been through has made God more real, has given you a greater testimony that, than anything else could do. Do not belittle that. It doesn't have to make sense. It didn't to Mary and Joseph. They were looking for a palace, maybe. The shepherds were looking for some great honor and place, and they found the stable. Sometimes we have to be reminded and be submissive. God's plan A, sometimes we think it's his plan B. But he has an uncanny way, God does of getting us to where he wants us to be more than we want to be where he wants us to be. And he can do, does that often through trouble. Would you bow with me? Dear most precious heavenly father, I'm not talking about a foreign subject nor a savior that these folks don't know. Well, we, Lord, have all felt the trouble in our times. We all realize we're living in troublous times. And we know, Lord, most of us do, that the roots of that trouble is right at our front door. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us how foolish we have been in our past life to ignore your law to resist your grace. But we, Lord, have coming to you at the close of this service 
asking you to give us power to be faithful witnesses to you. And that will come, Lord, right in our trouble. Just like the trees that have shed their leaves during the Christmas season, though they have no leaves, they are just as much a tree as when they have. They have it all on the inside. So Lord, if you send us on winter time, it can be the best time when we draw close to you around the fires of your grace, mercy, and love and with one another. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to earth. We never realized how much trouble it was and what trouble it was in the world that is. But you have not ignored our trouble, O oh God. Speak to us, O oh Heavenly Father. We can understand your sermon of trouble. We might not understand the doctrines of grace, but we know, O oh God, you're a help when we need you. And we know we need you when we see our trouble. Help us, O oh Lord, to repent of our sins and to be thank you for the godly sorrow that you give us. If you have made us guilty about something, thank you, God. Convict us. Help us, Lord, not to be discouraged with our bad habits as we have to come to you every day, seemingly, to ask your forgiveness. That's how much trouble we're in. And we know, Lord, what we're capable of, how evil we would be apart from your grace. Lord, help us all to know the meaning of our trouble, but also what it means to you. Sometimes, Lord, we can have it all and have nothing. For success is not measured by how much we have on earth like we think it is, but how much of you has us, or we have you. Bless us, O oh God. Help us manage our trouble to be faithful to you, to fear not, to even embrace the trials of our life with joy. Jesus did. Take us to Gethsemane today. Set us down at the foot of the cross. Submit us to your almighty will as we once again begin again to serve you, Heavenly Father right in these troublesome times. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.